Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 181st film from 2019, the Spanish comedy drama 17 or Dichasete. It's directed by Daniel Sanchez Arvalo, starring Idazo Arana, Candido Uranga, and Bill Montoro. I am Jesse, and I am here with MJ. How are you? I am so <laughs> impressed with your pronunciation of the title in Spanish. Say that again. Yeah, I'm good. Dichasete. Well, no? that, that was great. Yeah, no, I, I, I look at it and, and my mouth wouldn't be making that same sound. So I'm very impressed. Well done, Jesse. It's, the, I wouldn't be congratulating me too much because uh, <laughs> so in Italian, Italian and Spanish are very, very similar. It's very, very mm. similar in lots of ways. So 17 in Italian is Dichasete. So I've sort of mangled that a little bit. So I probably pronounced it completely wrong. Okay. I think in Italian, <laughs> in Italian, it's literally, it's a double T at the end instead of one T. So it's, it's very close. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I didn't. I didn't know you spoke Italian either, Jesse. So it's not like that, that's still impressive. Ciao. <laughs> no, it's good. I look at that and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call it 17. But um, no, I, you, you're right. You probably pronounced it wrong, but it sounded really good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. That's a good start. So um, yeah, we obviously got a Spanish film to, to talk about, and uh, we do start off our show with a fast flicks. But before we get into that, I'm just going to put a spoiler territory out there, I guess, and make it uh, known that we're probably going to ruin this film. And if you wanted to check this out, give us a pause now and come back later because we're going to talk in detail about the characters and some scenes as well. So um, that's that. Let's get into the fast flick. So MJ, give us a quick summary about what 17 is about. 17, a boy breaks out of juvie to track down a dog he's bonded with from a shelter after he learns the dog has been adopted. Lovely. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's the crux of the story is you need to have that that connection with the dog. So I've just said the young boy uh, in trouble with the law goes on a journey with his brother to track down a dog he's built a connection with. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't seem that hard to break out of juvie. I wonder how accurate that mm-hmm. is. I've never been. Um, and I've missed, missed my chance to go, I suppose you could say. But uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, very, very low security. Well, yeah, I think even uh, some low security uh, penitentiary sort of like prisons don't necessarily even have fences um, in in some parts of Australia as well. So I think uh, there's a lot of trust put into people. So, yeah, I have uh, been to, you know, you you travel around and and see things and I have seen or been to a... um, one location out country sort of side and yeah there's, yeah. there's very very little um protection so it's it's very much a trusting situation Honestly system i like it yeah. so you're in jail for five years mate and we're just going to assume that you're going to stay here here's your key for your cabin uh, <laughs> yep. that's it yeah that's about it so uh let's uh let's move on and this is an international <laughs> film as we've, we've spoken about so let's uh let's see what we can come up with because i could not find much about this film yeah, it's often the case, isn't it? Um, when we don't speak the native tongue of the film, we find it difficult to track down information because most of it is probably written in Spanish about this film. But I can tell you that it did have its premiere at the San Sebastian International Film Festival on the 27th of September in 2019. After that, it was actually released in select cinemas in Spain on the 4th of October, so just a week later. And then two weeks after that, it was released by... Netflix worldwide on October 18, 2019. So 
kind of nice to see that they gave it a little theatrical run in its in its home country. Um, the the director Daniel Sanchez Aravalo um, mentioned that, that Netflix had been pretty magnificent from a production perspective. They they just let him make the film that he wanted, um, and he he mentions that it was a small film, but not necessarily a cheap film. He, he mentioned that it's not cheap to shoot in Cantabria. Uh, which is where they shot, and they and they shot for eight weeks as well, and he had a full film crew. So, you know, this wasn't a small production, um, but we, we've seen Netflix invest quite a bit in their international features. And from what I can gather, from what they seem to say, they do choose a director who kind of has a little bit of a background in in making movies and knows what they're doing. And they kind of give them free reign and just say, "Look, you make the movie that you want to make." we want to make a bit of a dent into, into your country and see what we can do. The only other thing I could find, which I do like, is that the director, Daniel Sanchez Ravalo, is a dog lover himself. Uh, and he used only shelter animals in the film, which is impressive because the dogs in this film were good. They did a good job. And I don't know if you heard this, Jesse, but this is, this is the best thing that I found about this whole film. He found adoptive homes for each of the dogs that were used in the film, including sheep, our main dog, who now lives with the actor, Bill Montoro, who plays Hector. So <laughs> Hector and Sheep, they're together in real it's life. Together. That's the best news ever. It's a really, really good story. It's, uh, it's, it's nice, especially once you've seen this film and, and sort of get the context of that. That's, uh, that you couldn't ask for a nicer ending, I guess. So. Uh, yeah, it's like I, I watched the movie and then I got the real ending by reading about it. <laughs> True. Um, the only sort of further... I guess it was nominated for a few awards. It had six nominations, plus it did win two more, so eight altogether. So um, mainly Spanish um, film awards. They won an award for Values Education at the Jose Maria Fork Awards, and it also won the Best Film at the Toulouse um, Cinespana Awards. So a couple of Spanish awards there. So I think leading into that, the, the only other sort of context I could find is this website called Film Affinity. And uh, they saw, it's sort of like a database of, of films. And they actually had this ranked as the 141st best Spanish film of all time on their list. So, um, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a, a big call because then I was like, how many Spanish films have we actually done on this show? And I, oh, yeah. and I searched each of them and none of them were on this list. So this is the only Spanish film that we've done. So we've done um, Seven Años. We did a film called mm. Bomb Scared. We did a film called Despite mm. Everything. Uh, we did mm. Elisa and Masala, and who would you take to a deserted island? And none of those films were on this list, but this film was. So this is uh, in that higher range, obviously. When you put it like that, the Spanish films we've done on the podcast have been pretty damn good. They have, yeah. We've uh, had some goods, yeah. I'm yeah, I think I liked all of them except for uh, Old Bomb Scared. That didn't <laughs> quite, quite make, hit the mark with me, but they were, they were all good films. That bomb scare was a very specific uh, audience. That that it was. was very, very true. Very true. All right. Well, what are the critics and the audiences saying about this film? What's some consensus that we can see? Well, if it's the 141st best Spanish film ever, you expect these numbers to be pretty good. And uh, and they are. It's a, it's a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb of 4,000 ratings. 7.2 out of 10. That's that's a cracking score. Um, pretty And pretty much the same on Letterboxd. Three and a half out of five. 3,600 ratings there. So not, not a massive amount of ratings, but uh, this film's good. People liked it. Yeah, the same with uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. They're 
11 critic reviews, which is, I guess, on the higher end for an international film. Sometimes we, you know, we get none or we get like one or two. So (laughs) (laughs) 11 reviews from critics, it's at 82%. So that's, again, on the high end, so fresh. And the audience had it even higher on 88%, um, less than 50, but reviews from audience members, but both in the 80s, which is extremely high and uh, a positive thing heading into our early thoughts and what our thoughts are. So what are your, where are you going to put this one? Yeah, look, that was that's really convincing, isn't it? Basically, everybody who watched this film in some capacity seemed to like it, and uh, I, you know, I'm the same. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I just, I didn't I just think there thought was it was any a part in the way you were going to say you didn't like a movie about a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, the worst pause ever. <laughs> Yeah, that, I, I, you know what? I just went with it. It just came to me and I went with it. I probably shouldn't have. But um, I just, it just had a wonderful story to tell, I think, about mainly about, uh, about family and acceptance and understanding, figuring out what's important and not being afraid to jump into something new. They capture all of this stuff in this little film. But I, what I love about them is they do it by encapsulating a lot of that man-dog relationship, which is kind of always enough to break down the toughest of viewers. It's, it's almost like a cheat code when you get a great dog in a film. But then they masquerade that relationship into repairing broken relationships between brothers. And that, that side of the story really works for me as well. Um, and aside from all that, I thought it was pretty witty and, and fun and it's still aimed to entertain despite the fact that it had some pretty heavy themes. Good. That sounds pretty positive to me. Uh, and, you know, based on what do we do, that film called Benji with the, the dog? Like, <laughs> You like that. So if you like that, then there's, there's no doubt that you should have thoroughly enjoyed this. One. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I have like Benji was, Benji tried so hard to like tear at your heartstrings. Whereas this one was a little bit, had a little bit more flesh to the bone. Um, yeah. But I did, I did really, really enjoy it. It was a good, good cinema, or good watching experience. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, this, like, this is, this is one of the reasons why we do every single Netflix original film in the order. Because, yes, we get some garbage along the way. But it's a little gem like this that makes it worth it, really. I mean, like you said, there's yes. art, there's humour, and there's there's a lot of lot of emotion in this. So a very, very good film from my end, too. You <laughs> know what? I didn't know where you were going to land on it. I knew you wouldn't hate it. I knew you wouldn't sit there and go, like, oh, no, this didn't work for so many reasons. But I wasn't sure how much you were going to like it. But I'm very satisfied with that. No, it was um, very, very well done. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that further on. But we talk now about some characters and this film is really about two two characters. That's the, the crux of this story. So Hector is our first character we meet and see. So tell us what your thoughts about Hector are. I thought the movie itself does a pretty interesting character study on Hector. I'm not going to be very good at describing his condition. I don't even know if condition is probably the right word, but he's a guy who basically deals in black and white. He doesn't understand the subtleties of conversation or pick up on irony. And he even takes little jokes as being literal. When, when someone asks you a question as a joke, he answers it. Um, But what he does have is a a really clear moral code. He does have an understanding of, of right and wrong. You know, the idea that my grandma's heat is broken. No one can afford a new one. So I stole one because she needs a heater to stay warm. Like that, that, that kind of logic makes sense, even though it's breaking the law by doing it. But it's no doubt because of this way of thinking, he, he tends to fail to connect with almost everybody in his life. And that's why the bond with sheep 
feels so damn real to me because dogs, as silly as it might sound, they basically deal in black and white as well. So Hector, in his methodical way, he understands how to do all the things that a dog would want. And in turn, the dog loves Hector for it. So Hector's getting that connection and companionship he's probably never experienced before. And he likes it and he thrives on it and he needs it. And to be honest, that's what every human in the world seems to do with relationships. But he's more or less only experiencing it for the first time just before he turns 18. And throughout this journey, it starts off with Hector trying to regain that connection with sheep. He learns that he can basically have that exact same connection with his brother. And now there's a complexity and subtleties to human relationships that Hector still doesn't really pick up on. He knows that he wants that connection with Ismail. And he basically spends the crux of this movie discovering how to find it and how to show it. And that's really cool. I, I love that you started off with this idea of black and white. And to me, Hector is, is on the autism spectrum. He is 100% autistic. And looking back, like you obviously pick up on things throughout, but I love the way that they did this in a way that they didn't blatantly say it. They didn't need to say it because this is a character and we are living in his world. And they prove to the audience that just because uh, he doesn't know how to live the way that society tell, tells him that he needs to live doesn't mean he doesn't have heart, he doesn't have care, caring ability, he doesn't have the ability or, or you know, he can still live a life, a full life. And I think that um, I really appreciated the way that we, we saw this diverse character on the screen that we didn't blatantly need to be like, Oh, you know, they start off and they say, oh, you've got autism. So that way, the whole way mm. through the film, you're relating on it from that point of view. Whereas you've got this character that you connect with and you you understand the motives and, and all the actions. And it doesn't matter that he's got autism because he's still a human being. And I, I think that, you know, the, to show that he's always on the wrong side of the law. Um, but then, you know, you've got that ability of him using that time wisely when he's locked up doing all that reading and memorizing and things like that. Like these are all traits that, that are helping him in his life and, and helping him to, to know for when he, the time is to, to change and move around. He, he knows what side he needs to be on, even if he is tormented and, and picked on. And, and I like that idea you spoke about with the brother too, and the, the connection that, that obviously he's dependent on his brother a lot because there's been that absent father sort of character that that's been missing. And um, you know, there's no bigger moment than when he needs to, to find this dog that he's built that relationship. Who's the person that he knows he's going to have to rely on. And, that, and that's his brother. And um, you know, even though he isn't able to read the room in lots of situations, like you look at that, that one of those opening scenes where he's in the courtroom and the, the you know, the judge is trying to have this conversation with him. It's just like, well, you obviously lie because you told me I wouldn't be back here sort of thing like that. Like, but he can still pick up on, even if he can't read the emotions of his brother, he can pick up on his biting his nails. So that means he's not mm. well or, or something like this, or there's something going on. So, um, and the, the care he shows for his grandmother too, like you mentioned through the, the stealing of the heater and things like that, that yes, legally they are the wrong things to do, but to him, there's an old lady. We've tried to follow the right processes. No one's done anything. So I'm going to take, take it into my own hands. And I think that was the sort of character he was that, if there's something that he feels is justified for himself, then he's gonna he's gonna go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's I, you know I didn't actually pick up on the fact that they don't mention anything about his his autism or his condition, and that's great. You don't you don't need to have that background because you, you learn it anyway, and it's just more a case of figuring out um, this is the way this guy sees the world. It's not a bad thing. It's put him in positions that are tough because no one seems to be able to connect with him. But that doesn't mean he doesn't want to connect in his own way, and he's 
basically spent his whole life life figuring out how to actually do that. And you see that that rage in him because he gets riled up by so many people. How can you not have that anger within you? It's almost like initially I sort of felt like that anger was what defined him, but it it was just a it was just a effect of everything else that had happened to him. I actually thought he did a really good job as well. Um, Biel Montoro playing that role and and playing that rage, but also that that kind of real black and white that, that facial expressions. It all worked really well for me. Yeah, and I guess that will lead us into to his brother. What, what, and this is interesting because online he's referred to as um is male, and in the film on the subtitles it was is ma. Is ma? Yeah, sure. I'm assuming yeah. maybe it's like a shortening, like a Matthew yeah. Matt kind of thing. But true. Um, oh, the first thing I pick up from him is that he's a really good brother. I, I don't think that's ever in question. Dobbing him in for his crimes is his attempt at building some responsibility for Hector because Hector can't keep living a life of petty crime because the older he gets, the more serious the consequences are. Um, but regardless of that, he obviously drops everything he does when he's in the middle of what's a pretty rough patch for his own personal life to effectively go on this wild goose chase with his brother. And, and they don't appear to have a relationship that's, that's really strong but he does everything for him. Um, and the beauty of this whole story is that he learns something too. He, he learns that if you care about something, then it's worth fighting for. And it's worth trying to defy the odds. Even if you can't find a way out, you push forward and you wait for that way to reveal itself. Obviously, he's got this situation where his girlfriend's pregnant and he can't figure out a way to deal with that. So he just ignores it. Whereas Hector wants to find this dog. So he breaks out of juvie with absolutely no plan about how to find it but just knows that if he's out there doing it, he, he, the path will find itself. So that's a really good lesson that he learns from his brother. But I really liked Isma. I, I, I thought he was obviously far from perfect and he made plenty of bad decisions, but he has a great heart as well. And I think he had shouldered such a load for so long that he'd kind of forgotten that that heart was still there. And, you know, that's the beauty of a coming-of-age feel-good movie is that we, we get to experience that with him. And it's, um, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah, it, it's hard to add much further, too much further. I think that, as you've said as well, that that idea of he's often seen as the mature brother or the brother that's always been there, been there for Hector, and that idea of this relationship breakdown and, and having to live in the caravan. It's like, even though uh, he's seen it as as mature by Hector, he doesn't have that maturity to deal with that possibility of being the father of his own and and break that cycle of not only like drinking but that cycle of what they've seen with their own father, I guess. And, you know, them not wanting to be like him, obviously we don't hear much about him, but we can um, sort of understand that he's been pretty absent in both, both the boys' lives. So I think um, I like the idea of him playing that guitar as well. Like mm. whenever, whenever things got too tough or he couldn't deal with, with, with the conversation or what was going on, we, we saw him pick up the guitar and, and move on. And I think that that was a good, good method to show that, um, He's not as rash, as brash as as Hector can be at times with his actions, and he does have that ability to self calm um, too. Good wit too, like he, he didn't mm. didn't take things too seriously. That was that was important as well. Yeah. Did you want to talk about anyone else in the film? No, I, I couldn't yeah. even tell you another character's name, yeah. um, except the fact that there's a grandma there. Grandma, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the director, we, we you spoke pretty well about him early on. Dan, Daniel Sanchez, Aravalo. 35 writing credits, 22 directing credits, pretty much all in Spanish. Yeah. This guy's got, he's got a pretty good career. Yeah. 34 award wins and a further 21 nominations. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen any of his work. Um, we 
which says more about me than him. But um, yeah, he's done well here. I just I found this really nice uh, sort of quote from him that he sp- speaks about sort of getting into the industry, which I thought was really nice because he he said I can I come from a family of artists. And I guess that to be a bit rebellious, I decided to take a different path from theirs. I studied management, but afterwards he was looking for a job in a bank at an insurance company. And he started to write short stories while he was working at the bank and scripts to, to kill time while he was bored at work. And he found a job as a TV screenwriter. And then it was TV that got him all his experience. And then after all of this, he decided to go to film school after working on TV for 12 years. So it's never That's too incredible. late to join the industry. It's a, it's a great, how good a story is that? It's like, you it's almost the opposite. Yeah. Everyone joins film school, tries to get in the industry, and all of a sudden they find themselves working at a bank. <laughs> you go backwards. Yeah. So 12 years after working on TV, then you're like, cool, I might go and chase a film dream. That's just, that's a great story. Mind you, like, it's not like it's a massive leap from TV to um, film, but no, that is cool. I like that. Skip, skip school altogether, just jump straight in. Yeah, just start writing a, write your screenplays for a bit longer. <laughs> All right, this is uh, time to talk about some things that, or some scenes that are enjoyable. What what did you enjoy in this one? Yeah, well, I mean that that first montage scene with Hector and Sheep. I think that was that was beautiful. Like, not only was it just you know fluffy heart kind of stuff seeing a, a guy, but look, and without getting silly, we hadn't seen this side of Hector, and it was awesome to see this side of Hector. He really cared, and he really showed genuine compassion and love for this dog, and and the love, you know sorry, the dog delivered that love back in spades. Um, yeah, it was it was just a beautiful, beautiful montage. Um, just probably not much more to say about it. Yeah. yeah. You've said everything uh, I could. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. The, the scene at night when they're sitting outside the RV and um, Isma explains the whole rhino, the dog situation from their childhood. It's not necessarily that story that I like as much as getting that context about their past and, and, and Hector's past probably more specifically that he's kind of always been in a bit of a funk and, and Isma's at that point, we're seeing a pretty detached kind of relationship for them. And you can see how he's always been there for him, no matter what. I didn't really buy the whole dog thing, which is why he likes sheep dog. I think there's obviously a lot more to it than that, but um, I really liked that scene sitting outside, learning more about each other than sort of trying to, to bond a little bit. Um, the next scene that I do have is, I guess you can call it the reveal scene. And it's probably more, this is probably one of the scenes where the scenery almost was the reason why I liked it so much. Hector lets Isma know that sheep was at the first house they went to. And you're kind of scratching, scratching your head a bit about why, because you know that this is a calculated kid who's making his decisions based off generally a whole string of logic and you're trying to figure out why this is the case and why he's gone on with it but that idea of him sort of running out and just sitting out in front of the ocean is a very human way to react and he's had so many robotic traits to him and you can see how he's kind of struggling with the idea to basically tell his brother that I just wanted to spend more time with you and and that was I thought that was really special um and it it obviously showed a break in that character um yeah, it just really works for me again. So, so that they're the scenes that I liked. The other thing that I did like, which is not much as much a scene as I guess it's more of a theme, is that the the quote and the idea that sometimes in life you have to know how to lose. Um, I, I love the idea of at least learning from losses and accepting losses. I think it's a really really important part of life to to know that 
not everything's going to go your way, but every time you lose, and this is such a great thing in sport, for example, because it's very black and white if you win or lose. There's no such thing as losing if you don't learn from it. And, and that's exactly the same as in life. If things don't go your way, you figure out why, you figure out what didn't work, you figure out why there might have been a positive out of it. Um, and it's just a really good notion for them to be talking about in this film. It just really resonated with me, with me as well. Yes, well put. Um, got a couple of other things. I really enjoyed the opening the, of uh, Hector breaking into that sort of shopping centre or the mall uh, and that sleeping in the tent, having the shave that made me laugh, all for the grandma. Mm-hmm. Just did such a good job of setting this film up, going, okay, where's this going to go? What, what's going to happen? So I thought that was good. Um, the the attempts of Hector trying to escape from the, the juvenile like <laughs> detention centre, just the idea of the markers and him keeping track of exactly how far he's got and I really liked, I thought that was cool. I, I just thought it was a nice little way of, of showing it rather than just the boring run to the gate and run sort of thing. Did you think when he was obviously um, manufacturing that the thing to stick in, the stake to stick into the ground that he was going to stab that kid? Yeah, you, th- you thought it was a shiv and I th- that was a really good sort of like decoy. Nicely done, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh the the brothers when they steal the cow and they're just like the, the cousins in the in the caravan sort of trying to apologize and the cow's just sitting there in the window. It was hard not to laugh at this cow that's like <laughs> moving but they're trying to try to hide. So I thought that was a funny little moment in what was quite a serious uh serious scene. I'm not a usually a big fan of this, but the the moment that um Isma gets the text message from Marta. Um, and obviously works out that that Hector sent a few messages. I really, really thought it was a nice way of summing things up, not only for what, um, for what, I guess what Hector's, that's what Hector's feeling really, even he, he put his, put those words down. It was just a nice, really nice moment that he felt comfortable enough to talk on behalf of his brother and mm. put those words out to sort of help them both move forward. So I thought that was really well done, to be honest. He just wanted to help him so much, didn't he? And this is not his forte to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing, it's really hard not to to finish with that final scene of, of Hector going back to finish off his last couple of days and the farewell between the brothers and, and that line of, or the idea of them, once he's out, we can be brothers again. I just, that was, that was an emotional finish. It was nice. That was very good. I, I wanted to write that one down. And I did like that scene because it was emotional and it was well done. And just seeing that change in Hector and Ismar as well. Yeah. The thing that made it slide into my bag yeah. was, yeah, when he, was <laughs> when he was acting like a dog. Like I a think dog. Yeah. it was much. a bit too <laughs> on the nose to me. You know what? I would have allowed like the howl at the end. If you just go with the howl, I'm all right with that because it's a throwback. It's, it, it all kind of fits in. I think it was just a bit too much. So, um, Completely you know, cool. it's nice to know that they're trying to let him know, let you know that the brother is that dog companion that he's been searching for, but it was just a bit too weird. So I had to, I had to slip it in there. And funnily enough, the only other scene that I didn't like was the cow scene. And I think only because, and I, I agree, I, I didn't mind the wit and the humour and I was kind of smiling along with it, but they didn't really do anything to make it fit in any other capacity like the next scene was just them saying oh we, we got bumped back like six shelves on the um you know the the, the cemetery type thing i kind of thought there was going to be a different consequence but it really all was just kind of in there as a bit of a gag there's a bit of bonding between hector and isma in there but the whole the scene kind of ended and i was like ah is that is that all we're doing here and it, it just kind of felt a little bit 
uh, let off by it. So, but that's all. I, that's all I had. Those two things. No, I completely agree with you because, like, while I found that that little part of that scene funny, the rest of that whole journey back to the grandma's hometown, it sort of slowed the plot down an awful lot with all the relatives and the cow stories and. And I understand it's important to to try and bring that. You've, you've got the grandma on the trip for a reason. It, it's to explain these sorts of things. But uh, I think that followed up by them driving off and Hector explaining irony to, uh, sorry, Isma explaining irony to Hector. That that was too blatant. We we already knew as a character what he was like. Mm. So that whole lead into that to what was going on. It's only sort of down a bit for me. Yeah, it, it did get a little bit slow in there. And I think if you did it again, like there's still some really important bits in that entire section of the movie. I guess it's yeah. almost the whole act of the movie. And there still are important bits in there, so you don't want to lose it completely, but that's where it did probably slow yeah. a bit. You're right. Yeah. All right, well, what were some themes or ideas in this one? Well, I think I've actually, and that, that's why these, that's how important these themes are. I've probably mentioned every single one of these in some capacity already, but that idea of brotherhood and and family is really really strong you don't see a ton of movies about brothers and i think that was really nice to see um i spoke about how much i enjoyed the whole man dog relationship again really important part of my life specifically and that's why that resonates um but then if you go a little bit more broad uh, and i guess what the movie stands for specifically is that idea of acceptance and understanding and, and trying to understand where other people are coming from and why they're doing it but then learning to have the courage to fight or push forward even if you don't know that direction or how you're going to actually get there and that's a strong one too and then of course sometimes in life you have to know how to lose is uh uh spoken about quite literally in the film but there's so much here and that's why this movie works so much yeah exactly i think yeah i guess tying in with your the idea of family too that idea of, of growing up without adult figures in your life um and we've mentioned this, the, the consequences to actions and, and what's the difference between right and wrong and, and is it moral rights, legal wrongs? What are the, what are the, the differences there? Mm. And I guess the only other thing I can add in is the idea of taking care of, of someone else uh, that allows you to take care. I know this was blatant by the, the, the lady at the, the juvenile center that, you know, it allows you to take care of yourself, whether it's taking care of a dog, taking care of your brother, taking care of your grandma by helping support someone else. That teaches you how you can then develop yourself and and look after yourself too. Great one. Yeah. Um, what did you take away from this one? I have to say, it is a credit to this film that he didn't end up with sheep, and I was okay with that because when we first learned that sheep wasn't coming back, I was like, "Cool, this boy has to see this dog again and end up with this dog again." There's no way that this movie is a good movie if he doesn't end up with sheep again. And as fate would have it, he didn't end up with sheep again, and it was a really good movie. Um, I think it helped that uh, the little three-legged dog was pretty damn cute and kind of filled the, vo- filled the void a fair bit. And in my head, like, Hector's ending up with that little fella at some point. I know he says he won't, but he will. And, I, and I'm happy with that. Good. Yeah, I'm, mine's a little bit of a frustration one. Uh, oh, no. I went all the way to the end of the film, to the credits. And just before the credits finish, there's a line of dialogue. I think it was from Isma. There was no translation on the screen, no subtitles, nothing. So I'm sitting here left with what's this one line at the end of the film that I don't know what it is. 
Goodness gracious. I, this is one of the very few films that as soon as it ended, I had to go somewhere. So I ended it and left. And that is fascinating. And you haven't been able to figure it out? No. Um, it's yeah, literally one line at the end of dialogue. There was no, I've replayed it again. I'm like, surely there's there's some sort of translation that's going to tell me what it is. No, I couldn't find it anywhere. So if any anyone listen or anyone listening can speak Spanish and knows what it is, please let us know. You didn't get a chance to write it down phonetically and try and Google it. I didn't want to try. I I could have done that. Yeah, and then yeah, I, would have I, 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 I would have done the wrong thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you would have yeah. said, "Oh, by the way, they're buying a giraffe." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. So I'd much rather leave it on. I'm frustrated because I don't know what it is, and I'd rather know that the exact translation. Well, you anyway. can't put the filmmakers at blame for that. They're not in charge of the subtitles. Correct. Correct. I assume. <laughs> You'd think so. IMDb, did you jump onto IMDb? Uh, no, I didn't. Actually, can I say the subtitles were excellent, like in terms of the flow? Like sometimes a foreign language film, you lose context because something just doesn't translate properly. It was really clean and clear with this. Maybe it's just, in fact, maybe it's just the way the Spanish language connects with the English language that it does flow really well. Anyway, worth noting. I'm so glad you said that because I didn't jump on IMDb either, but I did going to Google Translate because of something in the subtitles. Oh. The, what, what the grandma kept saying, the, the Tarapara. And I, know oh, yeah. they, I know early on they said once, you know, the grandma says this all the time, but I just wanted to get like, it's we'll see. So that, that, her, she's just continually saying, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens sort of thing. I'm not sure why they didn't translate that on the subtitles into English. That's a great point, yeah. Like, because it would have been so, more impactful if, if as the English, like, and obviously, you know, we, we didn't listen or watch it with the dub or anything like that. You've got the, everything else is English in the subtitles. Why not have that word as well? What's the choice in leaving that as in Spanish? So I Googled this as well. I did it like yesterday. And now I wonder if I Googled it incorrectly, because the only thing that came up for me was a place in like Bolivia of that, oh. that name. And so that's why I assumed that she was just referring to that place constantly. Your I'm thing makes sure, a hell of a lot yeah. more sense. I'm pretty sure they said, like, when the brothers were first in the room, there was a comment about they did say, uh, you know, she's always saying, we'll see, we'll see. So I okay. just looked it up to confirm that what uh, Tarapara. Yeah, your thing makes we'll more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if I, it was my way, that's still, like, that's what they did. <laughs> but still, it's a, it's a weird choice. Like, why, why do they not have, why did they not just translate that? Yeah. Maybe because it's a noun, because it's going to be, it's going to be the dog's name. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that's a good point. Yeah. No, that's a mistake. Yeah, I, 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 I just like, assumed it I wasn't like important, but we'll see is good. Yeah. Because that's uh, a terrible name for a dog when you think about it. Yeah, we'll true. See. So that would make sense <laughs> as to why they, they left it like that. <laughs> All right. Questions. Have you got any questions you wanted to ask? I need to know if you got some uh, fundamentals of caring vibes from this film. I, I did not make a comparison at all, but in saying that, I can completely see uh, where that's going. Yeah, like, like, I guess yeah. similar. similar yeah. I, got, I, got, I got some strong ones. And obviously the road trip side of thing helped. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't much of a road trip, but the road trip side of thing helps. But yeah. Pushing some, someone around a, in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 excellent a excellent movie fundamentals of caring so it's a good thing to be compared to it was uh anything else that was it this i don't know maybe i missed something so when hector he keeps running from running getting away from his his imprisonment and on one of his runs when he stops and he puts his stake in the ground for his numbering 
There's like a piece mm. of paper on the floor that he picked up. Did that fall out of his pocket or is that just a random piece of paper that he saw? What was the paper? Yeah, that's a good point. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember, I sorry, I remember it yeah. happening. I can't remember the relevance. It wasn't because it, it wasn't part of his book, was it? That no. fell out or no. Because I, I didn't see anything fall. So I was like thinking the whole time I always picked up something that's got some clues to something or it's got something, I don't know. It's a good point. No, I, I don't remember anything coming from that, but that's probably on you and me. We both just missed, <laughs> missed it. That's right. Someone might know. Um, and the other thing, the poster for this film. So there's a couple of different posters, but I think this is one of the, the better posters that oh. we've seen in a while. Um, it, and I'll, obviously we're a, an audio form, so I don't have the visual, but you've got the two brothers that are sitting on top of the van. You've got a beautiful countryside in the background. You've got the dog sitting next to the van, the for sale signs on the back of the van, and then you've got the wheelchair packed up too. It was just, it includes everything that you need to know about this film and all the important moments and what they relate to. And I just thought, excellent poster. I thought the exact <laughs> same thing. I thought the exact same thing. And I was worried when you mentioned the poster, you were going to slam it. <laughs> no, no, no. What I loved most about the poster is it's got the two brothers sitting on the top. Exactly. And you go into this movie thinking it's going to be about a boy and his dog. And the dog's there and the dog's important. But the movie is about the brother's relationship. And it's kind of right there as you as you see it. There's no no pretending that this is not a movie about repairing that relationship. And I loved it. I thought it was, you're right. It's an excellent poster. Good. We've been on the same page quite a bit today and we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see what our final results are now where we give the film a rating out of five and give a, a final summary. Where, where are you going to finish this one with? Yeah, I mean, this was a really beautiful coming-of-age movie about restoring relationships and, and figuring out what it takes to find and nurture and maintain those relationships and to to cherish the comfort that comes with it. I also loved the wonderful use of dogs as a metaphor and the literal example of what it what it looks like to have a relationship with a dog. I'm giving it four stars. Nice. Good. It's been a while since uh, I think you've given it four star. It has been a while. Yeah. I, I, you know, same page. I think that there's so much to like about this film. The story of two brothers rebuilding their relationship, it's probably what stands out the most for me. I think that was probably what got me the most. Um, I, don't, I don't have a dog. I don't have a, a pet dog, but I can still completely get the, and I loved the, yeah. the moments with the dog too, but, and I don't even have a brother, but I still, <laughs> I, still <laughs> I don't know it in my life, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty lonely. Um, <laughs> but I the part that I connected with the most. So I also highly recommend this. I'm getting it in four as well. So yeah, yes. <laughs> this is a four out five. It's a double four. Yeah. Double four. We are in marriage story territory here. Yeah, Oksha. This is like, I guess, is like, I don't think we've got much higher than that. So, uh, good film. Fundamentals of caring, probably. Fundamentals of caring, yeah. Um, yeah, get on board if you haven't seen this one. So, socials, Twitters, Instas, Facebooks, everything that's online. Give us a follow, give us a like if you can. Question, give us a follow. Oh, give us a follow. On question on there Do you think that animal training programs for incarcerated people are a good idea? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of a negative to it, really. Um, mm. Unless they're not fit to deal with an animal and the animal's in any yeah. kind of danger. But um, True. yeah, great. Yeah. I think I think this should be a program that you'd, you'd try and implement everywhere. But obviously, as you mentioned, if you've got someone that kills animals, then you wouldn't want to put them with them. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that, you know, based on this, if this is how it works, then bloody, let's get it done. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, animals are, I mean, animals... I can't say I know 
all animals, but like dogs, for example, don't have any prejudice against people, right? Like they, they just want love from as many people as they can get it from. So it's not a bad thing, to, not a bad companionship to have while you're locked away. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be dogs either. Cause like you think about movies, Brooks in Shawshank Redemption. It's got the, oh, yeah, with a little bit of bird. Yeah. Like they're just things that, that help people deal. So yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, let's keep moving. We're basing cause... this all off film, not, film, yeah, <laughs> not reality. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That, that is our reality. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're back again next week. Uh, next week, we do have another international film. It's from 2019. It's the Indian comedy drama called Upstarts. It's directed by Yudai Singh Pawar. It stars Priya Shenhu, Pamil, Chanda, Chor Rai, and Sabdab Kamal. So that's what we've got next week on the international watch list. Been a good chat. This is uh, been a great a chat. Yep. I'm so, so glad you liked it, Jesse. That was excellent. Good. I, I think you, like, there's no way that I wouldn't have liked this. It's not that. No, no, I, no I, just, I didn't think you were going to dislike it, but I thought you were yeah. going to be like, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. fine. Yeah. It, I think, uh, yeah. It exceeded. Really well done, definitely. So, uh, it was. As always, thanks to the company, and I will see you next week. Sounds good, mate. I'll see you then. <laughs>